Right, we're rolling. On this podcast, we'll be talking about different areas of business and all things marketing. My name is Dave Doyle. And I'm Dave Alton. This is Social Antics, another marketing podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to Social Antics, another week. I think we're in week 13 now. How's things, Dave? I'm good. How are you? I'm not too bad, I'm not too bad. It was good to get the first podcast back last week. Um, it was. It was a struggle. It took us a long time to get there, but we got there eventually. <laughs> to build ourselves up after yeah. Christmas. It's like, it's like going to the gym after Christmas. You it know, is. You know, yeah, like, make Jesus the Jesus Christ, you have to go all research and talk about things and oh my God. So I presume we've done loads of research for this week then, was it? No, Super Bowl week. Everything's about Super Bowl, basically. <laughs> Super Bowl, Super Bowl. Marketer's dream, I suppose, that kind of time of the year. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. No, but look, to be fair, there's a few follow-up things from last week more so than anything else. So, um, game stop. Stopped, stopped. Um, for want of a better. Some, for want I think of we said last phrase. week that someone will have to push the red button somewhere. So obviously that happened. That that is what like I mean we said. Look, we said last week it wasn't a prediction as such, but we did say that there was going to be winners and losers out of this. Um, did the hedge funds guys uh, lose out in a few bob? Yeah, absolutely they did. Um, but ultimately when you have a kind of a global swell or a movement or call it whatever you want, with a lot of people who don't know anything about day trading lumping on something because you've got a lot of people on TikTok telling them that it's a good idea, there's a lot of people going to lose out. And if you just think about just basic, you don't know anything about the stock market, just a very, very simple premise. If you have an overinflated stock, bearing in mind that GameStop was $20 and it went up to over 550 I think, at one point. Like that, um, and if that's an overinflated price, a grossly overinflated price, and then all of a sudden you have people who start withdrawing their money which is ultimately what the goal of these these guys was, right? It was ultimately like, like okay, so some people may have had a point to make in terms of costing the hedge funds a few bob. The majority of the swell and the kind of community swell behind this came from people who wanted to make a quick buck. If all of those people start withdrawing money, that stock price has to come down. And by that logic, everyone like not everyone was going to win. So there was going to be winners and losers. And I'm not talking about the hedge funds versus the, the Wall Street uh, bets lads I was talking about in and amongst all of those day traders and a lot of them weren't even day traders they were going on to Revolut going on to Robin Hood and like in a way kind of it, it, it shows the danger of some of these platforms and that it's so easy for you to now invest in things like stocks in cryptocurrency and a lot of people have done very very well out of it but at the same time it, it, it presents a danger that you're basically you're turning something which is a fundamental thing for economics and the market into what is essentially gambling. Mm. And that's a that's a different change. That's a shift in terms of the way that people would have thought about the stock market previously. Mm. So, like, look, did the Wall Street bets lads prove a point? Yes, they absolutely did. But I reckon a lot of people, genuine people, lost quite a lot of money out of it as well because they didn't know what they were doing. No wonder will this happen again. Do you think, like, is this going to be... A trend of power to the people like you know whether it's be we're going to ruin hedge funds and all that kind of stuff or are we going to try and make a quick buck by look everyone hop on this people are already doing it and um, dogecoin is still kind of going on the up and up and up you had mm. elon musk coming out saying that that could be the primary cryptocurrency yeah. in a number and of years time hops on it, yeah. this yeah. is this is the cryptocurrency that was made as a joke like mm. elon must have a, a, um, a, a, a money coming to him in the back end oh, somewhere <laughs> Tesla announced earlier on today that they're investing 1.5 billion in um, in Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. Now, again, 
I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but again, when you have this swell of people who can now access market opportunities so easily via your Robinhood apps, uh, Revolut, um, whatever it is, do you know what I mean? Very, very little verification involved in those processes. Have you got a dog in your house? I do, yeah. It's, it's, she's driving me nuts running around the place. Go on, drive it on. <laughs> right. We won't, we won't mention it. Just your dog sitting for the evening. Right, fair enough. The joys of recording at home. And ironically, we're talking about Dogecoin, where the logo is actually a photograph of a dog. Yeah, look, it was anyway, meant to be. It was meant to be. But look, you're going to see more of these kind of... Um, trends where you've got little spikes in the market which are kind of unexpected um a lot of them like recently have just happened to center around elon musk like you had a situation a number of um a number of weeks ago where the way everyone was moving over to the signal app mm. um because it's meant to be encrypted and it's secure it's more secure than whatsapp um elon musk tweeted you signal um so an, a stock called Signal went up by 1,500% and it was nothing to do with the app at all. So again, this just shows you like the... Stop talking about influencers. Oh, this, so this is the thing. People now, have, because all this stuff is just such... Um, it's at the touch of a button. It's very easy for people to say, oh, Elon Musk is tweeting it. It must, it must be, be right. Good. He and knows what he's talking and you, about. And you lump the money on then and you're going on a completely different app. So like, it's it's... Look, again, I don't know enough about the kind of stock market and what the long-term ramifications are, but I think just from a purely consumer perspective, I think it's a little bit... It can be a little bit dangerous when you're gamifying something like stocks and shares when people can lose money um, quite kind of rapidly. Speaking of Elon Musk, uh, high-powered CEOs and all that kind of stuff, a little bit of news in the last week is that Mr. Bezos... Yeah, Steph's gone. Stepped out, stepped down, stepped wherever. The news was he basically was leaving Amazon, but no, he's not. He's he's stepping down the road. Moving up to chairman or something. Or is moving he? up, whatever way you want to look yeah, at it. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, I don't, it's an interesting one, I suppose. Look, obviously, he's been running it for so many years. He's look, made it the, the biggest, probably, what, where is it now? Is it is it still the biggest company in the world? Second biggest second behind Apple, yeah. Apple's gone ahead. Is it? it was the biggest one. It was, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. But no, I think Apple is actually... But either way, like, when you're up at that level, like, yeah, you're the biggest company in the world. Yeah, no, no, he's second, second richest man in the world. Um, biggest, I would say... I would say in terms of a consumer product, um, like it is only second to, to Apple in terms of its dominance in, yeah. in industry. Like, I mean, if you think of, if you think of Apple, right, its main touch point is the consumer. Yeah. And yeah, it's got the app store and stuff like that as well, but its main touch point is that luxury product, the iPhone, and it's to the consumer. Amazon impacts upon so many yeah. different domains and so many different areas. They own the rails in so many different areas. So if you take, um, like, they have their own freight. They have Amazon Entertainment, Amazon and Studios, and Amazon Prime bigger, like, Cloud. Yeah. Oh, absolutely! Like, like it says a lot when their new CEO was the former head of um, AWS, mm-hmm. which is their cloud, their cloud-based platform. So, like, that's the way that they're looking, and that's the way that they're that that's the way that they're going. But look, he's like, like the, to me, he always like it's like it's like. He's like the biggest Dell boy in the market. Like, it's like, where can we make money? We'll we'll pop in there. Well, yeah. <laughs> and there's an important. I was listening to a different podcast during the week, and um, they made. Yeah, no, I was listening. I was listening to ourselves. Yeah, I'm narcissistic. I'm not that narcissistic. Listen Other to podcasts podcast. available. Other podcasts are available from all good bookstores. Um, so I suppose what they were basically saying is that with the money that Amazon generated in revenue every single year, rather than going for um, a profit-based strategy, they went for a reinvestment strategy. And via that reinvestment strategy, they basically managed over time to turn a lot of their cost centers into profit-making parts of the business. So if you take an e-commerce business that makes money out of freight, 
Like that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Whereas they are doing it. Advertising. Um, I think advertising back in 2017 was something like, it was like a fifth of Amazon's overall mm-hmm. revenue. Yeah. And you wouldn't think of Amazon as an advertiser. But that's basically what they're doing. Getting into entertainment and what they're doing there and just reinvesting, reinvesting, reinvesting. And when you've got, when you control the channels, I suppose, in so many different areas, that just shows you the dominance of that particular organization. And look, you've got to look, I've ranted away here on multiple occasions about you know, the damages and dangers yeah. of big tech and all the rest of it. But look, as a pure business case study, there's very few people that can touch Bezos in terms of what he has achieved with that company over a multiple well, of times. Like, do you know what I mean? It's, 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 to grow it from a little idea in a room to what he has like you know it's and he was older starting that business as yeah, well like he yeah. wasn't a young man do you know what I mean it wasn't like a Zuckerberg type scenario which I think is important as well from a kind of a maturity perspective like people like Amazon does damage in terms of data capture own brand products they crushing small retailers yeah. all of that kind of stuff but in terms of a societal impact the benefit of Amazon probably outweighs the, the cons of it yeah. whereas a Facebook Phil, is probably the opposite Phil, Phil saw a gap in the market and filled the need for it like you know it, it, it was a fantastic platform but there as you're talking there about I suppose moving on to the next bit follows on I suppose a little bit from what we talked about last week with uh, with Twitter and Birdwatch um, and you were saying there about societal damage and all this kind of stuff is my favourite face- word my students are sick of me saying it's societal damage they're like <laughs> teach me about marketing and money <laughs> well this so this what happened in the last couple of days um, Facebook is after announcing that it's going to ban anti-vax misinformation fake news all around COVID um, it's really looking into that area so kind of ties on I suppose what we talked about last week with Twitter looking to ban fake news through bird watching all that kind of stuff so they're all kind of I suppose jumping on it I suppose at the moment they I have don't know. to they have to but I don't know if is this in one sense yes it's all we talked about last week it's a little too late kind of so, you know, but this is new enough I suppose with, with the COVID side of stuff but you know they're they're looking at you know miss you know basically people spreading that it's fake and it's it's not real and you know uh, anti-maskers all this kind of stuff there that's what they're looking to crack down on um but i don't know if it's a little too late for all this like you know it's the damage is done um but i suppose it's a bit coincidental that this is all coming now after trump was gone like you know there was no real push on this before is it is that one of the reasons i don't know i think no it is like i mean the the they're under pressure now because Congress is looking at ways that they can possibly break these companies up or at least put more penalties on them or some sort of um, um, do some sort of damage to their market capitalization because they're just too big and they're not behaving in the right way. And this is this is kind of evolving on from and I think um, Tim Cook from Apple didn't mm. do them a lot of favors a number of um, a number of um, a number of weeks ago where he basically said, yeah, no, with Apple, our product is not the consumer with these other brands it is the consumer. They're getting it for free and they're selling their data and this is where the issue comes because if you've got a purely ad-based model, the more impressions that you get on a particular site, that results or that translates into, um, or the more kind of people who are having a conversation or giving out to one another or enragement, um, the more impressions, the more ads that you sell. So as long as that is the product, this is going to be an issue and I think I think they have to. I think they're under, they're, they're under so much pressure now and scrutiny from political institutions and consumers are kind of starting to wise up as well or a lot of consumers are starting to wise up and I think that people are gonna with the damage that has been done with Trump and stuff like that over the last over the last number of years and people kind of seeing that yeah no the, like the social media platforms are a big part of that I think people are just kind of, kind of they're kind of looking at it with with a bit more kind of cynicism than they would have previously now ultimately are people gonna kind of switch 
to a different social media platform, look, they're not. This is never going to be a consumer-led revolution. People are hooked to Facebook. They're wedded to Instagram and so on and so forth. Like, do you know what I mean? There's always a... Well, I might dedicate a bit more attention to TikTok, but no one ever leaves these core platforms, right? Until possibly there's an alternative. Because, like, to be fair, and we commented a number of weeks ago that a lot of the social media platforms are kind of the same. Mm-hmm. None of them are really the same as Facebook. It, kill, it still kind of stands out there by itself. Now, again, I don't use Facebook, but it does a different... It provides a different function than to what the other platforms do. So, look, I don't think... Look, this this is going to be a political kind of a, a political decision. I think that they don't want to get broken up, and therefore they're starting to kind of behave themselves now. That starting Big Joe's to, uh, to do big good jo- deeds, basically. Exactly, yeah, no, and it was always going to happen. Like, I mean, Mark Zuckerberg had a great relationship with Trump. Do you know what I mean? Every opportunity um, that Trump had, he was bigging up. He was basically bigging up, um, bigging up Facebook, and they had a great relationship. And Trump did nothing, even though he's complaining about him a little bit. Ultimately, they that relationship worked well for Facebook more so than any of the other platforms. Um, but um, that's not going to be the case with the Biden Harris um, administration. Well, I, I think, think. I think uh, speaking of alternatives, there as you said, like uh, Bebo's on the return. That is, the man who created Bebo is an absolute genius. He sold it for $850 million and and he bought it back for a million. Like, what an absolute genius, like, do you know what I mean, in terms of return on investment. Um, Yeah, I think it was such, it was was obviously like the start, you know, we had, what was it before that? um, MySpace. MySpace, and then you had kind of Bebo, and there was a few others floating around, but like, realistically, Bebo was the starter of the whole social world. In Ireland, anyway, yeah, I don't, I don't really, I I, I wouldn't have done any, like, I was too, I was too young. (laughs) Yeah. I can't remember it. We were too busy sharing the love. I was too busy sharing love with people. Yeah, looking for looking top for my 16. other half, for my top sixteen. And remember widgets. Oh, she's yeah. I used to love you know, creating the the backgrounds and all this kind of stuff. That's actually something that's never really creeped into any of the other platforms. It's literally profile picture, cover photo, but with Bebo, you were able to have your full background and style. But that's but that's because there was no feed. True. Or there was, or at no, least no. But yeah. the the primary mode through which you kind of use Bebo was stalking other people's profiles yeah, right? yeah, or you're, you'd bounce around people's profiles yeah. whereas the feed because remember you'd comments then in each individual page then as well on top of that so totally different like in terms of the overall I would love to say experience. this stage was before my time sorry Dave but no it wasn't I remember it was, yeah, yeah 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 um, no it's uh, no it's um It'd be interesting what they do with it. Like, yeah. I mean, it can't be what it was. Well, right? apparently everyone's profiles are gone. You can't log back in, thankfully. Thank God. <laughs> see Jesus all the old Christ. stuff. See all the old teenage disco pictures. No. <laughs> there's nothing wrong. DJ Cammy in the motherfucking mix. And there's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> well, look, that's that's on the... But look, that's... I remember, what, a year or two years ago, it was making a comeback as well. So Yeah, whether know, it'll happen or not, who knows. Yeah, yeah. No, and, look, I think, t- to be honest with you... And, and is it going to take over you know from people using TikTok Snapchat you know even no, speaking of TikTok no. they're like you know the most downloaded app every month I think a bar one month which was WhatsApp last year like you know it's not going to overtake the no, likes of these it's not no it's not it's a it want to have something seriously attractive it would yeah I, I can't I, even now when you say I'm like another fucking social media network you know another one now like, do I know? think it could possibly lead the most downloaded app in the month the minute it launches 100% everyone's oh, going to download it try and get in have yeah. a look at it but that's it I don't think people are but these things but these like you find like there's been multiple social media platforms spawn up and everyone goes oh that could be the one to take over for you'd social Vero a number Vero of years was ago was the one that was meant to yeah. really take and off and then um, I think your man was done for fraud or something he was dodgy anyway then you had Parler 
which launched in the, launched in the US, which There's is basically at the moment. I think it's I can't think of what it's called. I've seen popping around there during the week. I must check it Clubhouse. out. Is that it, yeah, 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 yeah. So that's the audio, the audio kind of idea of it, yeah, yeah. So that that's an inch. I I've downloaded it. Um, I've used it a bit. I haven't really gone exploring with it yet, but it's basically almost like um a series of kind of mini podcasts or chat rooms that you can basically navigate around, and it's all audio based. Do you know what I mean? So it's a totally different experience. So we should be on that, should we? We probably should, yeah. Okay. We probably should. That's your job for next we'll, week. We'll right? have a we'll have a meeting there during the week, <laughs> and we'll decide whether we want to set up a clubhouse account or not. But um, it sounds dodgy, doesn't it? Clubhouse. Yeah, I don't like the name of it. Yeah, you're too um, you're too cynical. Too, too, yeah. too, too cynical. Right, drive it on. Next one. Uh, the week we're in, uh, Super Bowl week, um. To me, uh, looking back over the last couple of years, I suppose, of you know, being really uh, interested in what happens around Super Bowl and the ads that come out, and you know, even recent years, you know, the 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 ads come out, and every marketer, you know, the next day is you're sharing them on Twitter, or you know, we'd be sending them back and forth about checking them out and all this kind of stuff. I think just realistically, this year there wasn't the same excitement around Super Bowl as there was in other years. I t- well, you see. See, I don't like Super Bowl but ads anyway. I think there's too much weight placed on them. Five million dollars for a 30 second clip mm. when it's completely saturated with ads, right? I mean, you're looking at ads and you don't even know what brands they're associated with because they're just bang, 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 bang. So, the, I'd, to be honest with you, how I would describe Super Bowl, I think it's a... Uh, it's the advertising agencies, the big advertising agencies almost calling back to a bygone era of traditional media, television, mm. and ad campaigns centred around the television and audiences that way. Because to be fair, in terms of a television screen and, and a kind of a an audience and audience attention, the Super Bowl is probably one of the few where people do actually consume the ads yeah. um, in full um, in between the in between the halftime and so on and so forth. So I think um, I think that's what it is. It's a callback and. Like I looked at loads of the ads and look every year I kind of look for for get out of jail free card is there a way that I can spend the first twenty minutes of this particular lecture talking about oh, yeah, uh, yeah. talking about Super Bowl ads because it like it is traditionally it was important right or historically it was important but now I'm looking at all of them and I'm going it's all the same it's just a load of celebrities mm-hmm. lumped in in lumped into an ad each you kind know, of all the same as story you, as you oh. said you nearly remember the celebrity. And roughly what they were doing more so than who they were actually representing. Do you know? Like, oh yeah, no, hundred percent. No, I didn't. There wasn't Reddit. I give Reddit because Reddit are. We always say it right. If you're if you're marketing in the year 2020, 2021, you've got to play to the audience yeah. and the way that the audience consumes content. So in a world whereby everyone has thirty second ads and they're all humorous. What's the way to disrupt that flow and therefore gain attention? And that's what Reddit did. They had a quick five-second ad, which was basically a message, which just flashed up on the screen. And all of a sudden, you had people trying to take photos of it, mm. people going onto Reddit going, what was that all about? What's the stuff? Do you know what I mean? So it generated discussion online. Does it do anything for the Reddit brand? I think it probably does on foot of the GameStop stuff um, the week before in terms of their prominence as a as a as a kind of a forum or they're not really a social networking platform as such. But the um, that's what I think the the core takeaway for me was is that there was nothing there that I saw that I was like, this is incredible. This is something yeah. new. This is something that I haven't seen before. Um, it was all very samey. Well, I think if you look like, you know, when we talked only a couple of weeks ago around the whole idea of, you know, Christmas ads and Christmas ads are totally different in style and, you know, in format. And basically they're trying to create an, an emotional response. They're trying to, you know, shed a tear, all this kind of stuff. They're really kind of connecting with the audience in a total different way. 
you look towards what Super Bowl produce and it's totally different. They go down the route of humor, comedy, you know, trying to, you know, be witty, funny. And I think there is definitely that line of funny and cringe, you know, and a lot of them I do think definitely cross it. And a lot of them that even go, some of them are over 30 second ads, like, you know, and obviously they're paying even bigger bucks. But the thing is, they're too long by the time, you know, you can't, you can't it's very hard to, to, to do a minute long funny ad. You know, there's one there, there was one there with Will Ferrell I was bored by the time he came to the end of it, like you know. Um, but that, but that's a cultural thing as well, right? In that these ads are created for an American audience, but yet it's it's a global audience that looks in yeah. at these from the outside. So like you wouldn't, if you had a big event in the UK, you wouldn't have the same type of ads appearing in front of a mm. European audience. You you just wouldn't. So yeah. I think it's um, it's 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 difficult. But again, I just I just felt that, and I, I felt this for the last couple of years. Bar the odd one or two, you've got the the Volvo one from a number of years Volvo, ago. The Volvo, like as you said there about things to take away, and uh, sorry about things to um to take away from social, you know, and just not uh purely into do with the ad, you know, marketing uh, in the moment and stuff like that. Volvo was definitely the best. So a couple of years ago, they had um this whole idea. It was called the Volvo Interception. Um, for anyone that hasn't seen it, go and have a look at it. There's a couple of kind of analysis video online. But basically, what they did is. They took the conversation off the ads. Uh, sorry, the conversation away from the actual Super Bowl. So what happened was, is every time basically they were giving away five cars. Every time uh, a car advert was played online or on on the Super Bowl, you had to tweet about it using hashtag. I think it was Volvo Contest or something like that. So basically, you were in the chance then to win win the car. So basically, there was spikes like every fragment, say say every half an hour or hour, there was an ad played for a car. Um, you could literally see the spike going for Volvo like they were more talked about than Mercedes Toyota Hyundai whatever was being promoted at the time and it was absolutely phenomenal marketing I think because literally they didn't have an ad in the Super Bowl so they didn't pay that five and a half million that some of these other car companies paid like you look at some of the stats around that in the four hours that the Super Bowl um, the Super Bowl was being played for they had over 50,000 tweets um, aimed at them and they had over 200 million earned media impressions like that's that's phenomenal for an ad that that didn't run it was literally just a few tweets out on social to create a bit of a buzz like that that to me definitely uh um merits a, a raise anyway <laughs> yeah but I, I think you got look i'm i would be pretty i, I would be pretty dogmatic in terms of it, it's very easy to kind of analyze campaigns and ads and stuff like that and say oh that's good for that reason that's good for that reason it's very rare that you get the opportunity to actually look under the look under the bonnet and see well what was the actual revenue impact of yeah. that. Do you know what I mean? So well, apparently did, I don't have the stats now, but they did have a revenue. As I said, there's there's great videos, um, on YouTube. We just type in Volvo interception. There's great anal- um videos analyzing the the whole campaign, which is which is phenomenal. Um. So yeah, no, it's uh, no like 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 we said. I think going for that disruptive campaign mm. is probably the way to go but again I just guerrilla marketing guerrilla digital guerrilla <laughs> marketing oh god um, so the um, so no look I mean I think look I was uh, there was nothing there that I saw in that in the Super Bowl that I was the only one that's been remotely... really talked about is Huggies Huggies had a video out about basically kind of relating back babies and showing you know the nurses back and you know going back to when they were a child and showing some pictures and stuff like that i it, look it was very good to me it was very nice it was kind of subtle marketing there was like you know if they're showing the baby there was a little huggies thing in the background very no barely noticeable like you know so i think that was one ad that stood out to me in terms of i remember the ad i remember the brand i remember who it was for the rest of the ads this, there was a couple of funny ones that like m&m had a very funny one but once again you know it was very clear it was for m&m's there was another one there with actors and I have the clue. I thought they were very funny. I couldn't even tell you who the actors' names are, but I can't definitely can't remember what brand they were working for. Do you know? Which is 
as I said, we said that's the way the Super Bowl is going. It's more about the celebrity now than than who it is. Yeah, no, I think I I'm firmly of the belief that it's just a call back to a bygone era of advertising that kind of Mad Men generation. I think that's what it is. People in ad agencies approach the Super Bowl, going, okay, this is when we can do what we're really really good at, which is a piece of content on a screen in front of a guaranteed audience. How can we make it? How can we make as much fireworks and explosions as possible? And I, I genuinely think that's the approach that that most of them take. It's more of a sledgehammer than a kind of a, a surgeon's scalpel, shall we say? Interesting. I think it'd be interesting to actually post this question. So we have a guest speaker coming up next week, um, who is Ray Kyo from Dublin, who's worked with both of us on different projects, um, in terms of video. Uh, he's a videographer, background mainly in music videography, but he's done a lot of work for us in terms of um campaign kind of work. Um, project so it'll be interesting to see what his take on maybe the different style of videos and what's kind of working out nowadays yeah no no 100% and again like Ray like Ray's brilliant and we've we've used him on multiple occasions but I mean the it, it does show you the difference right like you can go off and, and pay a guy like Ray who just gets the whole new media world shall we say and will create something that will work in new media across a variety of different platforms and like I mean, give me that every day of the week over any of the big ad, the big ad houses who just don't, they just don't get it, shall we say? Um, and I think what, and what I'm always very, very interested in is that like, like us as marketers, basically, we come up with the well, this is our brand position, this is what the creative kind of broadly speaking is going to help us position ourselves in this way in the mind of the consumer, um, and this is kind of the story that we want to tell to do that, but it's up to the videographer. To have to the right, to have the right music, the right tones, the right shade, the subtleties here and there. That's what brings any kind of a. That's what brings any kind of a campaign to life, really. Like, and again, Ray is an expert at it, so it's it's a uh, it's in. It'll be interesting to kind of um to 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 pick his brain. Shall and do you say. think, like, I suppose, just from your own personal experiences, looking at videos and ads nowadays, like, like how f- do you think it should be pumped with? Even if you're making them, say from from a marketing point of view, do you think it should be pumped with the the logos or you know as you said brand positioning? It it depends on where like so so what I always look at these things at is in terms of what the objective of your ad is going to be, and your objective can be brand awareness, it can be recognition, it can be repositioning, it can be customer acquisition, it can be cross sell, it can be upsell. So it depends on what your objective is as the marketer, and ultimately what you are going to have is you're going to have multiple objectives depending on what stage of the customer or the buying journey that a customer is at. And you're going to be targeting them in different um, with different techniques depending on what stage of the journey that they're at. Um, do I believe in kind of forcing an ad down someone's, down someone's throat? I don't really, but I think a danger that people... That, that happens with some people is they look at someone like a Nike mm. and the Colin Kaepernick ad and they go, oh yeah very very subtle only the like lo- Nike logo at the very very end but well, if you're probably, a small sports shop yeah probably, here, safe, enough, probably safe enough to assume that you're not going to get the same traction that Nike yeah. is going to have like one of the most famous slogans in the world the just do it and the swish assume that you're not going to get that type of reciprocity power there exactly so like you've got to be um you've got you've got to be careful that yeah there's that emotional connection there's that right story um, bleed the brand in throughout absolutely but again there are times where you do just need a big dirty logo on something so people know what you're what you're talking because again if you're selling if you're selling something which if you take a supermarket yeah. hyper reality in a supermarket 20,000 products and someone is just walking and they're almost on autopilot they're not checking things they're just on absolute autopilot if you are investing in a piece of content and you want the consumer out of the corner of their eye because that's all it's going to be 
to see your logo and say, oh yeah, connection and just pick it up and become part of their automated shopping journey, there needs to be some sort of recognition in there. And if you completely bury your logo in a nice piece of content, might be a lovely piece of content, but it's not going to make you any money. Mm. So there's, it's it's a balancing act, again, depending on what stage the, the, the buyer is along that along that particular journey. I, I think, think it's also interesting to look at, like, you know, we talk about the Super Bowl there, the ads going out. Are these ads getting more traction and results from the ad through the Super Bowl? Or are they getting it from the follow-on digital, you know, and online people looking at it on YouTube and social media and stuff? Which one actually works better? Yes, you have to pay the five and a half million to get it on the Super Bowl in the first place, but then to be able to be talked about then following on social. I'm sure, there's that on. I never really looked at, but I, t- I think, but as well as that too, I think. So you have to analyze the Super Bowl ads for what they are, right? Mm. Their ads and their pieces of content, but people kind of go seek them out and they say, "Oh, I like that one. I like that one. I like that one." But they like it for the creative. It I doesn't. Think only, only the only people that really do that are marketers. <laughs> Good. Sorry, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. And it was mainly marketers, to be fair. But I mean, I I do think there's an element here whereby people are kind of aware that it's an ad because it's so blatantly obvious that it's yeah. an ad and then people they look at the content and say oh that's funny that's funny and um, that's the best ad i like that ad no one ever says that i like an ad that that's not what that's not how advertising works um that's it's the anti- once the again an- that's only marketing exactly it's the antithesis <laughs> of how, how how um how advertising is meant to work so like so i think that i think there's an element here whereby people are so aware of Super Bowl ads that it has actually no impact in terms of building brand brand value. Now, there's some there's some brands in recent year, like Debt Wish Coffee, for example. Um, I think they, they got some funding from somewhere. I can't remember what it was. And they advertised. So, obviously, in terms of just brand recognition, that was absolutely insane for them in terms of traction. But the brands that are already established, I, I don't see a huge amount of benefit. There's almost a, There's almost a case with a lot of these brands where I think it's, well, it'll be worse if they're seen not to be in the Super Bowl mm. as opposed to having an ad up there. Do you know what I mean? So, well, look, it's, it's some, interesting. Some of the names that usually would be in the Super Bowl didn't attend this year. And obviously, look, they knew, you know, are we best off putting our spend elsewhere for the, for the year? But, you know, some you look at the Super Bowl, it's the same contenders each year. Like, you know, you have, I think it's Doritos, Doritos uh, Mountain Dew is always in there, Budweiser, in some shape, they had Bud Light was this year was their main focus. And talk about celebrities, that was just, right, get out the phone book, let's see who we can get in. It was literally celebrity after celebrity. It's, in like, that when one they were, it's like when they were making the Expendables, right? We've got no yeah. script whatsoever. Just Ring finish. everyone. <laughs> so we'll get the lads some Pulp Fiction and we'll get Terminator and we'll ram them together and come up with something. And that's what it was. No, I, I, look, I'm not a big Super Bowl man anyway. I don't really, again, I, I like to see how marketers approach it. But again, more from that, kind of strategic side how do we hijack yeah. it as opposed to like I, but I think that's interesting and going back to the Volvo thing I think that anyone that can be you know as you said how can we hijack it you have to be creative nowadays like you know obviously businesses do not have you know and if we even think about a local or a national brand that in say in Ireland like you know they're not going to have the spend or anything to even approach something like the Super Bowl or, or maybe not even their audience but is there a way they can jump on their audience that are watching the Super Bowl or hijack a little bit of someone else's audience that are watching the Super Bowl. And there has been brands to do it, you know. So I think what way can you approach it maybe start thinking next year? Is there a way we can be a little bit creative around the Super Bowl night? Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. No, again, it's that hijacking element. But look, again, I think it's look. Uh, I, I would like I would like to look at, because we always hear the Volvos and stuff like that and the Reddits and stuff like that. 
I would like to know how many brands try that every year and it just flops. Oh, of course. Like, look, and then, you, know? You, you know, Volvo, you have to, you know, we might say Volvo done it with, you know, zero money spent. No, they had a full team working did, on yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have, you know, hundreds of a marketing team working on this kind of a thing. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. that has to be said as well. I think it was an interesting to show, you know, the, the the time that we're in. You know, we already talked about, you know, the fact that a lot of these ads, the ones that I've seen anyway, stayed away from COVID. But it shows the, the, the times that we're in, the two Super Bowls ads actually use the same stock footage. I in saw their that. Ads, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, which yeah, is, yeah. Oh, it's like, you know, cringe. No, it's like wearing the same dress at the Oscars. Do you know? It's like, it's 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 up there with that. So I think, you know, I think it was... Um, like when I saw it initially, I was kind of going, okay, yeah, COVID, because they couldn't film properly yeah. during COVID. But then I saw the other ads and I was like, oh, they could definitely film during COVID. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It was a bit, it wasn't great, to be honest. The two businesses that done it was guaranteed rating indeed. And basically they used, yeah, they used the same footage. And it just shows that, you know, we talked there a few minutes ago about getting Ray to shoot a video. You know, obviously you're spending, you know, these brands are normally going out and shooting their own video. But next thing they're, they're relying on stock footage because whether they can't, get a team out they can't come up with ideas their teams are working at home maybe it was a last minute decision we'll go towards stock footage but realistically you should be trying to get exclusivity on this stock footage not just so, like, yeah. go on to Unsplash or Google Images and pull the stuff down you know that kind of a thing Copy so and paste. obviously it's going to go against them but um, any other news pop up for you this week the only other one that I thought was kind of relatively interesting was Twitter Um so Twitter kind of announced, now they've done this before and they haven't really followed through with it, but Twitter announced that they're uh, looking at the possibility of a subscription model for their platform, which I think could be very, very interesting. Um, Twitter's business model is, they're doing better now. To be fair, they lost money for years and years and years and years. I think last year they, was the turnover or the projected turnover is like 1.2 billion, about 30% of that is, is profit. That's based on their ad model, but they've only got about 0.8% of the overall digital advertising market, which is paltry in comparison to, to Google and Facebook. So I, I like the idea. Based on remember what we said last week about the verified users Sim- and things simple. like would, that. You would pay for Twitter. I would pay for Twitter. And what would you be, in your head, what would you be willing to pay? Five quid. A month. Uh, a month. I was going to say, how, 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 five months a year or what? Five months, five, five euro a month. I'd probably go to ten. Really? Would I do it? Do you know, to be honest, I probably would. I really enjoy Twitter. I think it's a great platform. Um, and it would be made even better if the if the audience was somewhat shrinked, got rid of all the gutter mm. nonsense in there and you could actually have discussions around proper things. Like, Twitter haven't innovated in years. Like, they mm. haven't done anything. Like, I mean, the likes of Clubhouse now. They got something Twitter should have been You have your, was it, fleets that you were using yesterday? Useless. Oh, you <laughs> fucking Jesus Christ. I was very proud of him. For everyone listening, I was very proud of him yesterday. He put up, listen to our show. Dialing was, was all the marketing. I'm just like, nah, I'm not, I'm not doing that. Um, no, but I think, yeah, you're right. They haven't really done that different. You know, they've tried bringing in things here and there. They try bringing in stuff like, you know, the worst one I saw was there was a couple a couple of it was actually only a couple of months ago they tried bringing in this whole idea of almost like the stories thing on Instagram where it was like disappearing tweets after 24 hours I was like what's the point they, they disappear anyway do you know yeah, the whole yeah, idea yeah, of Twitter yeah. is put something up it'll be gone in a couple of hours it's yeah. meant to be like you know the whole idea of it to start was like you know throwing out your thoughts kind of a thing and obviously yeah, yeah. that turned into you know Trump threw out a few many too many thoughts there but, of course, yeah, yeah. but but that was the whole idea of it like you know it's meant to be disappearing tweets anyway so like you know they're coming up with stuff that doesn't really make sense no of course but but I do think going back to the main I think the idea of a subscription model is interesting I think it's something that it would cut the audience down it would cut out the bots um, you could have a proper verification system and I think look ultimately like no matter what way you skin it what do I use Twitter for in comparison to the other so if I look at TikTok mm-hmm. 
I use TikTok if I want to kill three hours of my day and I want to laugh at dogs dancing. That's right. essentially what I use TikTok for. And it's very, very immersive and it's a great, <laughs> great three hours of my time. Um, YouTube, long form content, yeah. predominantly looking back at old episodes of Gordon Ramsay's Kitchen Nightmares. That's predominantly what I, what I use Agreed. YouTube for. Um, but it's long form content or mid form content, we'll say, between the five, ten minute kind of mark there, okay. thereabouts. Some, some even longer than that. Um, Snapchat, I don't use Snapchat I, um, I would because only I'm not. To only and once again it's only select few literally it's just like almost like a messaging service that's all I use it for I wouldn't use it for you know there's the whole subscription follow people and all that don't use it literally it's just a messaging platform and that's what it's become for a lot of people yeah so don't use Snapchat Instagram I don't use it I don't like it um, I use it for business purposes um, I don't mean me personally I mean some of the businesses that I work with I need to understand it for that but I don't like it for personal reasons I think it's if you're interested in photography and stuff like that, I'd rather watch a fucking nature documentary or something on Amazon Prime. <laughs> I'm not interested in this kind of stuff. So I do think uh, I, I I would disagree there. I, I do really enjoy Instagram. I think they've they've hit that sweet spot in terms of every feature they've brought out works. It's good. It adds value. I, I do think Instagram is a fantastic platform. Oh, you mean all of the features that they copied directly from Snapchat? No, they copied it and made it better. They did, yeah, of course, yeah. They course, ran yeah. Snapchat into the ground. Anyway, my point is is that all of these platforms serve a different purpose but with Twitter for me it's about global international local news okay. and it's news about it's, it's actual news in terms of our definition of news in and of itself but it's also looking at um, kind of you know, personalities in business what individual businesses are doing predominantly in the locality and um, so it's a blend like if you go through my feed it's a blend of your ad ages, your ad week, um, your yeah. probably CNNs, BBC, Sky, um, Guardian, but then it's local guys and giving their opinion on this stuff mm-hmm. as well and giving opinions on stuff that's going um, that's going on locally and obviously it's handy then as well to kind of you know, interact with students. Some of them send questions that they're looking to do a master's or something like that. So it's handy. It's, it's um, Would you get more of that on Twitter or LinkedIn? Twitter? Really? More so than anything else, yeah. Okay. yeah. It's interesting. Now, It'd be close enough, but it'd be more. It'd be more Twitter, I would say. Um, I would get more of that kind of stuff, like you know, after maybe you know speaking. You know, if I popped into one of your classes for a guest lecture or something like that, yes, you get a few follows on Twitter, but I would get more follows and interaction and comments. Or sorry, uh, messages through um, through LinkedIn. It'd be more yeah, yeah, LinkedIn. yeah. No, I, I find I find LinkedIn very sterile. I think okay. it's just so false. It's ridiculous. I think I think they're changing it around. I think it's a really really good platform at the moment. I think it's it's. It's not that it's becoming more fun, but it's becoming more informal. Um, no, it's it still needs to stay what it is. I think you know to make it that professional network, but I do think it's becoming more of an attractive platform. Possibly, yeah. I haven't seen it. Yeah, I, I just find LinkedIn. I look at it and I'm just like, you people are cringe. Mm. Like all this, like, oh. Go on, who are you I gonna saw, have a pop? I saw. <laughs> I can't even remember. You see them all the time. The virtue signaling that goes on in terms of. Oh, I, 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 I sold. I, 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 started driving my second car to work because I didn't want it for my for oh, my yeah. employees to feel bad. And Jesus, Christ, like I saw oh. one last night. It was um, it was a. I was let go because of COVID, and now I've really enjoyed turn around. I'm you know standing at the door of a supermarket. I'm delivering for Amazon. It's pot washing in the local uh, nursing home. All this kind of stuff. He was like a high end CEO or something like that of a business, and I'm like. You're a multi millionaire. You're a multi millionaire, mate. Like, yeah. yeah, you're not doing it. You're not doing too bad. Like, yeah, we we'll see you next um, year. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I don't think anyone who like has a package of any multiple million, million or even in the hundred thousands is allowed to use the phrase "I lost my job." Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It just doesn't doesn't, you're doesn't right apply for a few months. But yeah. no, it's interesting to 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 see 
are, I suppose, different takes. Like, you know, even on social media, like, you know, I, w- I would definitely be gravitating towards uh, Twitter, Twitter, Instagram, and then LinkedIn as a close third there. Like, you know, but it would definitely be Twitter and Instagram. It's interesting to pay for it, though. Would you pay for any of the other social platforms? Not open hell. Not even. I wouldn't. Would you pay for LinkedIn? I wouldn't, but not. Wouldn't bat an eyelid at it. I don't use LinkedIn. I scroll and it annoys me because people are stupid on it and they do the virtue signaling nonsense. But for work and career purposes, would you pay for LinkedIn? I've never gotten any benefit out of LinkedIn in terms of my own. I can't point to anyone who sent me a message and said like, you know, do this or do that or meet for a coffee. It's all done through Twitter, predominantly. Would you pay for, it's always like a forgotten, it's not really noticed in social media, but social messaging platform. Would you pay for, I know they they did have to pay for, would you pay for WhatsApp? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. It's the main communication tool that I use. And would you pay like up to your 10 euro a month for that? I pay ten euros a month as long as they they got rid of the meta scraping of that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So again, the idea here is that so the idea here is that if you're paying for something, it has the platform has to get better. So therefore, at the moment, all of these platforms are selling you you're the product, so it's your data. Mm-hmm. So therefore, there has to be a shift in that. Now I know WhatsApp is encrypted, but they still they still look at the metadata, so they can still target you and um, based on what you're actually having a discussion about. So. Like that stuff has to be peeled back, and it needs to be um, it needs to be measured and monitored properly, shall we say? And needs to be proper, clear regulations around what data has been captured, what it's been used for, where it's been sold, all that kind of stuff. Um, but no, I would rather pay for something and know what I am getting yeah. than me being the product. And I also think it would trim things down a bit. Of, like I mean. Like, I mean, I would have no problem. Like, I don't need Facebook. I don't need Instagram. Those can go over there, shall we say. I can survive without well, them. Well, Facebook, for like for definitely, like, in what we do in our day-to-day job, with it, like, Facebook is the only real ad platform. Like, yes, Instagram is up there as well, but Facebook is your ad platforms, really, for social media. Like, you know, Twitter doesn't come anywhere close, in my opinion. Nah, you know, they don't. Um, It's the only one. So, I, I think Twitter needs to look at its ad platform you know because definitely if you're going down this route of subscription there's going to be a lot more um i suppose you know there's going to be a lot more clear audience on it like you know it's not going to be much yeah, no twi- twitter twitter's ad model is terrible um but the, i've used it a few times and it, it the targeting is nowhere near as sophisticated as facebook flip, and for good reason the flip side of that then if you paid for twitter and you start getting a lot more ads like facebook is it still the same platform but you wouldn't be getting more ads though but if they improve their ad model because the the audiences are more defined on it. But that, but again, but that's a that's a measure. Like you're not going to pay a subscription for something that you get a huge amount of ads on. Do you that's know what I mean? What I'm like, so you wouldn't. What? You wouldn't pay for it. No, I would pay for it if it got rid of the ads. Yeah. So there's no. So once the ads stay the way they are, basically shite, and you don't really see them, you're happy with that. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Um. But no, there are ad mo- Like I don't think I've ever clicked on that on Twitter. Never. No, I, I haven't. You kind of get the same ones popping up. Like I remember, was it was it Uber or Halo or one of them when they were going? I enjoy. Do you know what constantly. I? Do you know what I enjoy now? It brings me joy every day of the week without a shadow of a doubt. Listen up. Is listen if, up. If I'm scrolling through Instagram or something like that, and the ads for Wish pop up. Oh yeah. They Definitely are the funniest ads of all time. The other day, I had the opportunity to buy a gun. A balaclava, a tent, um, 
Fortune Fortune Syringe. This is my point. This is the thing. There absolutely there is nothing that I can think of that I have searched for which would make Wish want to serve me a gun or the glow in the dark keyboards. Those are a particular favourite on them. Particular favourite. They are the funniest. It is the most entertaining thing about Instagram when I come across a Wish chat and go, "What crazy marketing person is after targeting me with this today?" Like, do you know what I mean? It's absolutely brilliant. No, it's interesting. Look, I think uh, I think there is there is going to be more. Um, definitely, if there are any platforms coming down the line, I think they will go down this route of kind of, uh, ta- you know, a more defined audience with paid subscription. But the thing is, they have to be seriously offering something to get people onto the platform. You know, you can't just come along with a paid platform and hope people are going to go on it. Like and that's why you have to get the teaser of people on. But it's very hard to turn get around rid of, and get, get paid after. Get get rid of the ads. Stop monetizing consumers. Um, the consumers' data. Um, have your verified sources. Um, curb back all of the algorithms around all of the, the fake news and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Curb all of that back. Um, have proper moderation of content. Um, it's going to be a very boring platform. Huh? It's be a very boring platform. That's again. what we want. We need a sterile, <laughs> boring platform. Because people like... Because like, I find I come across things on Twitter and they're actually really, really interesting. But then I'm scrolling incessantly through nonsense yeah. to find another interesting thing. Do you know what I mean? And a lot of it is, again... Not, not not so much fake accounts but would you be a fan of an unfollow now on Twitter would you oh I'd be a big fan of an unfollow oh, I, I do a call there once every now and then I don't I don't um, no, I don't, don't don't like your content getting rid of you don't like your content but I'm keeping you because you'll notice it's like the thing, thing on, um, on Facebook like you know fed up seeing someone's post Oh, I can't unfriend them because they're I'll low. I'll hide, I'll hide, I'll hide their content. Hide their content. <laughs> I think it's genius. Yeah. God's sake, yeah. No, I'd be no, I'd be a fan of a, I'd be a fan, I'd be a fan of a color. Yeah, I, think, right. I think I'm due a good one at the moment. Um, so I think that's everything for this week, is it, Dave? Uh, yeah, I've got nothing. Um, I've, I, I've got I've got nothing exciting. It's actually been like it's been a bizarre week with the game stuff, stuff with the Super Bowl, Bezos. Um, Bezos kind of going into semi-retirement. Um, there's been actually a lot. There's been actually a lot going on, but there's not a huge amount of um. How could I just say? There's Real not a huge amount of stuff. marketing. Yeah, there's not yeah. a huge amount of stand like something. I go, yeah, I want it. I want to talk about that. That's very, very interesting. So um, so yeah. But I said next week we'll have uh, Ray Kion, who is you know um in my head you know definitely one of the best videographers in Ireland in terms of a freelance one man band kind of a thing. Do you know you're not working with a big agency? Ray Ray is fantastic to work with. So we'll have him on next week where we're we'll talking all things uh, video content creation, storytelling through video. You know, seeing if there's any bits of uh, advice maybe for businesses nowadays that that maybe can't avail of someone like Ray. You know, what could they be doing to keep their content going? Do you know? Yeah, no, I think that should be really interesting. Like the art of storytelling to me is still the differentiator in all things marketing. Mm-hmm. Like all things being equal, you can all use the ad platforms in a certain way. If you're at the top of your game, you can have ad or um, analytics models in place that allow you to measure attribution and all that kind of stuff. If you're talking about brand strategy, the differentiator is still content, and that is predominantly happens through storytelling in a variety of different ways, be it through static, um, uh, you've got your vertical video, your long form yeah. video on YouTube, and bringing that whole kind of marrying that whole story together um, using multiple different mediums, I think is a very it's it's an art that I think is very much underappreciated now. Mm. Looking forward to that next week. So thanks very much to everyone for listening. After all, the giving out is social. Uh, don't forget, you can go and follow us on social media. You can find us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I don't give out about Twitter that much. I just think Mark Zuckerberg. I can't finish that so I'm going to say something there just laughing up just laughing up right before before we end up in trouble good luck lads thanks see you next week <laughs>